All right, so today we're here with uh, Shane Martin from Alberta, from the APU. Um, Shane, I'll, I'll let you do a little bit of a you know, brief intro of who you are and, and what you do. Go ahead. All right, sounds good. Uh, thanks for having me, Billy. Uh, uh, my name is uh, Shane. Uh, I've been lifting for about nine years, coaching for a little over, a little close to eight now. Um, I coach for Team Canada a couple times a year, and I'm a Cat 2 uh, international referee. I have my own business, Smartless, where I do my own private coaching. Uh, as an athlete, my best total in single ply is 920, and uh, my best uh, total raw, I think, is 760. Um, I guess some of my claim to fame is I'm a pretty good bencher, so <laughs> I've, my best position in CPU is 325. Uh, in single ply, and then 242 and a half uh, raw. I just recently came back from Bench Worlds a couple weeks ago where I was able to snag a bronze in the classic division, and then I had a pretty crap day on the equipped division, but <laughs> that equipped life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a hit or miss with the equipment. Oh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get into that a little bit more in a bit, but uh, that's okay, that's cool. Um, how did how did you get into powerlifting uh, when you first started? Were you just kind of going to the gym, or what happened there? Uh, well, before anything, I was a drummer for a metalcore band, and I just drank a lot of Luckies and smoked a lot of cigarettes. And <laughs> one of my buddies from uh, high school, Tyler, he was into powerlifting when we were going to high school. Um, and then uh, the, my first year at university, I was doing some CrossFit, and then I challenged him to a push-up contest because it's a CrossFitters do. We <laughs> do push contests, and he smoked me, and, he, and it pissed me off because I was like, how does this powerlifter beat me in a push-up contest? So then the next day, he took me to the gym and showed me the ropes, and then from there, we kind of just uh, kept at it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I lost in a push-up contest, and now I am obsessed with bench. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always been good at bench, or like, what was your bench when you first started? No, I was terrible. The very, very first time I benched, I missed 95 pounds. Really? Yeah, I was in the YMCA. Holy like, shit. In the basement. Well, like, I was, I was garbage. I started from, like, Scratch. zero. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so what did you do to, uh, you just benched and benched and benched until it got good at it? Yeah, like, basically, I just jumped into twice-a-week benching for two or three years, and then... Around the four, four or five year mark was three, and then that's kind of been the sweet spot all the way up. It's just three times a week with tons of volume and tons of variation, kind of thing. Uh, but so no, I, it, no. So you're saying there's hope for my bench? <laughs> hope for everyone's bench. Bench <laughs> is a snowman game. As long as you're injury free and you're continually training, you'll always have a better shot at progressing the bench. It just takes forever. Like I. <laughs> Two and a half kilo PRs for like every six months for for a very long time. So I'm kind of <laughs> lucky to continue that. But yeah, there's really a secret. It's just time. You know, I've been at. You know, there's a lot of good good 120 kilo benchers in Alberta. Like there's you, and then there's Avi, and uh, it's just shitty timing with the way things happened because Avi was, you know, peaked, and then he's kind of gotten more into the coaching realm. And not really competing anymore. And now he's really skinny, and then <laughs> and then you kind of climbed climbed the ranks and uh, kind of superseded him. And we've all 
you know, been wanting to watch this Shane and Abby bench battle, but uh, I don't know if it'll ever happen. It might have to happen in the Masters. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be an M1 thing. <laughs> when I started benching, like, it was Abby and John Giffen that were, like, the, the icons of Canadian benchers, and I've been, like, I had a goal of mind to take Abby's 300-kilo bench for, like, six years. Like, when I first benched 600 at Nationals in 2015, that's when I was like, oh, like I maybe have, have a chance of making that record because that's that 300 kilo record stood for years for Abby. So it was cool to finally kind of chip it away from him. I'm sure he's still pissed off about it, but you know, <laughs> he's got to get back to 120 and take it. <laughs> that's it. He, he's gone down to like 93 now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. How did you get into? Uh, you know, you were you were doing three lift for a while, right? And then you kind of have found your niche in bench only. Um, how did you get into that? Was it injuries or was it just you liked benching more kind of thing? Uh, it was, it was injuries. Like I, I feel like I'm a powerlifter, but I identify as a bencher, I guess, <laughs> because I, I'm, I've, my knee has been injured for about 14 months. Okay. I tried Olympic lifting competition last April and I tore my MCL, and I did a partial tear on my quad, so everything just started to heal now, but I have some cartilage wear, so it doesn't matter if I'm doing any type of deadlifts, my knee hurts, so I'm just kind of in this phase of, like, if I'm going to train with pain or just be a be a bench for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> with that year of injury, since I really haven't been able to train squats or deadlifts, I've been able to focus a lot more heavily on bench and my progress has obviously been able to increase a little faster than if I was doing three lifts. So like my favorite lift is the squat. Like I, I want to squat like 800 pounds one day, but like, I don't know if that goal is ever going to happen with getting old and with the broken knee. So we'll see. But right now I guess I'm just, just a bencher. <laughs> Bench 800 pounds first. <laughs> yeah. I better chop that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what uh, what did so you tore? Have you ever heard of uh, PRP? Yeah, I've gotten PRP all over my body. Okay, I love it. big fan. It's expensive, but I've had good results with my rotator tear, my bicep uh, like sprain, and some of my MCL damage healed from a couple PRPs. But hmm. it just like here, it's like six hundred bucks a yeah. pop. So. It takes a big dent out of the bank account. Definitely expensive. I thought about getting it on my hip because I've been battling a little bit of a hip issue. Um, especially with this prep for Worlds, I've been trying to figure that out. And, and yeah. 100% for Worlds. But, uh, cool. So, what kind of, like, I'm very curious because, you know, quit benching is, uh, for people that have never done it and just raw bench, it's a lot different than, than raw benching. You know, there's so much more pressure uh, when you when you're coming down to attach that last inch, sometimes it seems like forever. Um, what what kind of pressure is it under 716 pounds, right? Like, <laughs> uh, it really just like, for me, it just depends where my collar is. So, yeah. the heavier weight, the more I, I bring down my collar. So then, the more space I have in my throat to actually hold the breath without a lot of head pressure. Okay, I feel. My opener and my last warm-ups are more challenging because my collar is set higher, so it puts more pressure on my throat, so then I kind of get that, like, claustrophobic, uh, you know, like, kind of blackout, tingly feeling. Yeah. 
but like the weight in my hands didn't really feel too bad. It's it, yeah. It really just depends on my on my collar position. Like uh, I don't know like, when you're like when you're in a equipped bench and you and you you have the weight in your hands. Like there's just so many other things you got to worry about. You can't even think about like if this feels heavy or if this feels easy. You just got to be like shit. I got to keep my hands down, my heels planted, <laughs> breath. My can't like fold. And there's just a million things spinning in your head. How long have you been uh, doing the equipped lifting for? Like um, did did you start in raw and, and then did you progress to equipped? Um, well, when I first transitioned from CrossFit to powerlifting, I was a raw zealot, and I thought equipped was just a <laughs> bunch of loop weak and had to use gear to get strong. And I was, I was the worst kind of like raw lifter. And then all of my friends trained single ply because back in the day there was no raw division. So if you powerlifted in the CPU, you did single ply. So I got introduced in single ply. Uh, my first shirt was a Ray Jax. And, like, the first time I touched, I passed out under 315, and my buddy had to, like, grab the bar off of me. So it was, uh, it was, it was a rough go initially, but I started pretty much in single ply because we didn't have a, the raw division back then. Um, yeah, I, I love single ply. Like, it's, it's, it's the way to go. Um, what, what was your weight when you first started? What, were you always a 120 no. or...? No, uh, I started out as uh, the old weight. Uh, the old weight classes okay. was a nine lifter, so I like weighed in like eighty nine. Oh wow! So I was a kilo for I think a year and a half before they changed. Then I was a ninety three kilo lifter for five, six years. And then I moved up, moved up to one hundred five for two or three years, and then now I'm a one twenty. So <laughs> it's just I get I keep getting lazier and lazier. Like when I was ninety three. <laughs> I do really aggressive water cuts and do cardio for months on end to get back down. And it's just, I don't care anymore. I just want to like walk. And like, there's no way I could ever get back to 93. Unless I pulled a heavy and got like really athletic, but I've never been athletic to begin with. I just played hockey and got in fights. So <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Do, you, uh, do you ever see yourself going up to 120 and just chasing the biggest bench you ever can? Or, or do you see yourself more sticking to 120? stay at 120 like for life like even just walking upstairs sometimes i'm tired <laughs> yeah like sleeping's kind of hard now like i have like i have to sleep on my back and if i sleep on my side for too long my like arm falls asleep yeah. and it's just like i want to be somewhat mobile for you know life and i don't <laughs> want to be too stuck it would be sweet to go up to like 130 135 and then like change 75 bench or something, but I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> Danny will get mad at you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I'm my mom. My mom's, my mom's so kills me about pilots and worrying about my back. Oh, yeah. Thinks I'm too... <laughs> Classic. I remember uh, the first time I ever saw you, I didn't uh, I didn't know who you were, but I was at um, Power Surge 7 a couple oh, of years yeah. ago. And uh, it was the first time I've ever seen equipped lifting. And... Uh, you had your Team Norway shirt on, and I was oh, like, yeah. I was yeah. like, holy fuck, that was a bad meet. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck, this guy came from Norway for this meet? So, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, uh, you had obviously been in the equip lifting for a while, but, uh, yeah, that was the first time I ever got exposed to equip lifting, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, I was, you know, kind of into it, and then I started watching Bryce's YouTube, and, um, and then 
you know, kind of found an interest and I was like, well, I'm not going to make it to Worlds Raw until I'm like 22, 23. So why not cheat and do it equipped? Because <laughs> there's no equipped genius. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. That's how I sneak on the three lift team. It's just like, there's we never send a full team. So it's. <laughs> And like going to Worlds is super fun. You get to see all the, especially single ply. You get to see all these crazy tips and tricks from uh, like Russia and Ukraine and how they manipulate the gear. You like you would never think, but like they do it all the time. So you always learn a lot. Yeah, and I guess the segue into that kind of micro conversation would be: uh, you're the this year's sub junior and junior team coach for the uh, Team Canada 2019 equipped three lift team. Um, what's the selection process like and, and, uh, how do you feel about being, uh, our coach? I'm super stoked. Like, I love equipped and to be like the head coach for an equipped team is just like, it just gets me all jazzed up. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, basically like the coaching application process is you, uh, create like a resume based on your coaching and powerlifting experience. You send it to the coaching committee and then they determine, who applied, and then based on like the application, the applicants that apply, they decide kind of who's the the nice best choice the they, they offer, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, that's really all I know. I don't know too much of the back end. Like I'm not, I've never been a part of the committee. Like I've asked some questions and stuff, but that's kind of the gist I got. Is you send in your application, and then they kind of vote on it, and then they they pick. So no, it's, it's really sweet to be selected. Um, this is, like I, I was able to help in an informal way for the last uh, Open Worlds when I was there in 2017. But to be like the the official head coach is wicked. I look forward to tweaking people's Ben shirts and yelling at Hanny. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I guess all you'd have to type is like 716 bench, send. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely helps the resume, I think. <laughs> So, like, have you, uh, you said you kind of did a little bit of coaching for last year's Worlds, You've and you're, you're, you own your own coaching business. Um, is it, what would you say, is it easier working with, you know, the younger guys or the older guys? Um, uh, go ahead. On, on average, I feel the older, the older population are a little more uh, malleable to, like, critiques and advice and fun, like uh, some of the juniors and the, my, my younger lifters, uh, if they have a good day or if the training is is working and then they get like an RPE single, an RPE double, sometimes they get a little too cocky and then push it a little more than they should. But overall, it it's kind of all over. It's, it kind of varies. Like I have a lot of uh, juniors that are really coachable and that are doing like far more work than I've ever been able to do. So it's really cool to see them like be able to push uh, like my system and have it like kind of change and evolve through their own uh, skill sets. But, yeah, overall, probably older people. They're a little <laughs> more, like, relaxed, and they have less, like, usually less of an ego. Like, when you're yeah. younger, you know, you're cocky, you want to put those easier. big numbers, so, like, I, I get it. Fair but, enough. Yeah. Wait, how old were you when you started lifting, sorry? Uh, I was 23, so I okay. had, like, six months of junior, okay. and then I was pushed in the open, so. Cool. And how old are you now? Uh, 31. If you don't mind me asking. <laughs> no, I'm old in powerlifting years. Like, I'm already broken, so I don't got much. So uh, last year you went to three-lift worlds, right? 
in uh, or two years ago? Two years ago, two I went ago? to three of the four Pilsen. Cool. Uh, what was that experience like? No, that was unreal. Like that year, that had some of the most competitive classes in like in the heavier divisions. So I got to like help uh, Bryce in the one hundred fives, and there was like I think thirteen lifters that totaled over a thousand in that class, which is just unreal. Um, I got to see uh, like Semin Akov squat four forty five, which was crazy because his second attempt, he squats down, his suit blows up, he gets like crushed by the weight, he like runs to the back room, yelling in Ukraine to his coaches. The coach like quickly runs back to the warm up area, grabs a brand new suit out of uh, like a bag, jams him in it, and then they load up five more kilos, and then he squats four forty five. Like it was a moment to see like. The big divide between like Daniel, like a professional athlete, like like the, the Ukraine team, and then more of like the hobbyist culture that North America and most other countries have. Like the Eastern Europe, they take it so seriously, and it's it's very much obvious when they compete. Like they're very stoic and controlled, and everything is very calculated. Hmm. So it was really cool to to, to, to see that, uh, and I was lucky to snag a silver in the in the bench. Uh, for my class, which was like like really really wicked to sing on the podium beside uh, Oleski, uh, <laughs> like the one twenty juggernaut. That yeah, he's yeah, a freak. So it's pretty cool to to be there. But uh, it was it was a fun meet. Like uh, the only kind of downside is the staging area in Pilsen is like a hallway like forty feet by twelve feet wide. I so like. All these big dudes are just like shoulder to shoulder, getting their knees wrapped, and like in like the hottest, like most humid little dink hallway. But then they like we all waddle up, and it's all good. But no, it was it was super cool. Like it makes me miss three lifts so much more just doing bench because like squat, big weight, and uh, in single ply is just uh, the best. Can't it. Like you, you have to just do it once in your life to kind of really see. Like why single ply is the best. <laughs> it's uh, it's just like I was. I remember talking to a couple of guys about this, and and it's just like you do an you do an equip meet, and it's like coming from raw, and it's like so much more high stakes. Like it's like uh, the way I would kind of describe it is like you know playing poker at like the the small tables, and then going into the big tables, right? Like where it's like sure. there's, there's just more risk, right? You're playing with bigger weights. You know, you're you can't really move as well, obviously, because you're restricted by the equipment. It's cutting you because it's so fucking tight. So much more pressure on your body. You know, like it's just uh, it's hard to describe how how it feels. It's like fucking. I don't know how to describe it. It's like getting into a fucking muscle car for the first time or some shit and just hitting the gas. Like it's just no, for sure. Like you have you have all these extra variables that are so important like with the raw squat if you kind of you know lean forward a little bit then you can just kind of catch it and grind it out but if you lean forward in a like a geared spot like that's it you just miss the attempt yeah there is no oh i'm just going to correct it like you have you're like walking on a tightrope with exactly on your back <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then going back to raw meets like after you've competed equipped is like there's just no it's no like it's whatever. It's like people are getting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like okay. Like, There's no intensity. Like yeah. it's, it's like oh like I'm three lifters out. Well, I better wrap my wrist really slow and like <laughs> go 
Like it's not, it's it's very hard to get super jazzed up about like raw. It's because there's, there's there's yeah there's no constant. Okay, I'm five lifters out, so I got to wrap my knees on my first knee on three lifters, then my second knee on second lifter, and then I got to put my straps up. It's just like okay, you know, clip the belt on my lever, and then I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, you see these guys like at nationals. I was doing. Uh doing like both right so i got to see both yeah, sides, both sides <laughs> of the coin so it was like for the the raw in the morning everyone's like jumping around getting fired up and i'm like oh oh dear boy you have no idea what it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then you go to the eclipse and everyone's like so intense like uh like guys like ziffle he's so intense. yeah so intense yeah. <laughs> he's so intense and uh it's it's fun to watch those guys because you learn a lot from them in the back room they're like it's uh, it's almost priceless watching, watching the guys that have been competing for ten years, and and you just learn from watching them, right? And that's oh, probably, absolutely. That's probably what it's like at Worlds when you're watching these other teams and their their kind of methods. Um, did you get to talk to any of the guys and and see the, kind of the, what their their methods were like and stuff like that, at all? Uh, in in Pilsen, I was like I asked, like I, I spoke with uh, Dimitri Semnikov for a little bit, um, and their kind of methodologies is you're in gear all the time. Oh, yeah. So like you're, yeah, like you're always doing knee wraps. You're always doing straps down. You're like, you're in your shirt at least once a week, all like year round kind of thing. So they're really into like the, 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 the practicing of the gear, which like it makes sense. Um, but like in a practical sense, I'm like, for me, like I just don't have time. Like when you, when you, when you're in your suit, you're adding at least Five minutes to your session and if you're already in there for like an hour and a half two hours you're like looking at like almost three hour sessions and like i gotta work in the morning i got you know i got <laughs> things to do unfortunately i can't be in the gym for ever like when i was in university i was doing three hour sessions with like the uapa but i didn't really have anything to do in university like a couple bullshit sociology courses <laughs> <laughs> don't really take it seriously just kind of focused on powerlifting right yeah, that was my university. It was just UAPA. <laughs> I like, like I graduated with a Bachelor of Arts, but like, whatever. Like it was, or I, I moved there because the University of Alberta was the only university that had a piloting club at the time, and like we, they, there was big juggernauts there. Like there was Hector and uh, Anthony uh, Stewie. Like all like those three guys were just like owned uh, all of, like single ply equipped and CPU. Like they always won. So it was cool to like to go there and try and uh, you know befriend them and like learn their ways. It took me about a year because like I'm, I'm friends with them all now. But like uh, Anthony Burden was like my first introduction to the club, and he just ignored me for like a year straight. Like I would <laughs> talk to him like every day, and he's just like, "No, like it's just like no, I don't want to talk to you, man. You're just some random junior from Medicine Head. Like no, don't talk to me." And then finally, after a year. We kind of like became friends and like we're good friends now and all that, but he was a tough, uh, tough nut to crack. He's like, "Fuck this kid's persistent." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was like, "I just need a spot for my shirt, man. Like, I can't unwrap this." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Fucking guillotine. Um, exactly. Did uh, I remember talking to you a little bit at nationals this year? And uh, you were talking about like the I think it was Team Ukraine, and they don't like a lot of people think you know you just squeeze yourself into the tightest suit possible and, and, 
you know, you just go from there. But a lot of, you know, I think you were saying that the Team Ukraine guys actually wear pretty loose suits. Yeah, like, it's not so much loose uh, loose suits. is They don't set the suit like, like we normally do. So, like, how we set suits is we have the leg cup above, uh, like, the midpoint of your quad. With them, they just, like, they have the leg cuffs tight enough where, like, it's damn near um, at the bottom of your, uh, uh, the bottom of the quad. So they're, like, the space between the end of the suit and your, like, tank, basically, is, like, four or five inches. So they get so much extra, like, pressure and tension from those really low-seated leg cuffs that they can, you know, they need 400 kilos to hit depth. Like, I've tried that a couple times with, like, really low leg cuffs, and it, it just throws me out of position because you need so much more weight. And the, the pressure of the leg cuff digging into your quad is, like, a different level of pain. <laughs> so, it, damn, but I'm too much of a wimp to deal with that, so I have to have my leg cuffs a little higher. But uh, And then even some of the shirts, like, not so much Ukraine, but uh, Team Mongolia, they were, like, really loose bench shirts, but they, like, push all of the fabric just all piled up before the bicep. So like, you see just, like, like bunches and bunches of the, of the sleeve before their bicep. And then they, like, walk it out, and then they try to bench it. Like, Mongolia either has world records or they bomb. Yeah. So basically a lot of them bomb. But the, the one guy in the 105 that didn't bomb, he benched 317. His raw bench was, like, 185, Damn. which is crazy. Like, so they can get a ton out of the shirts, but, again, the margin for success is, like, super low. Yeah, you're riding a fine line, right? Yeah. <laughs> do you, now, do you wear your, your gear very tight, or how, how tight is your gear when you, when you train? Um, when I did uh, Open Worlds, I was wearing a 46 suit, and then I had a 48 uh, bench shirt. And then I took in the sleeves to probably like a 45 or 46. So like, it's it's pretty tight. Um, I know some people will wear stuff that that's a little like, that's tighter than I do, but I find when I get to that point where it's too tight, I just can't set my hips, and then I, I don't get any benefit if I'm like having my back rounded just to hit depth because the suit's so tight. Yeah. So I'd rather just kind of like get really technically proficient with a medium tension or medium tightness suit and get more out of it. Cause if you can get good form out of the hole, you can just pop out that much harder rather than like fight to take depth for an extra couple seconds, which could end up draining you. Absolutely. My gear is kind of, my, my gear is tight, but it's not like anything special tight. Okay. I, I like, I think I've heard people talk about Blaine and uh, I don't think he wears a very tight suit. Does he? No. No, like, I talked with Blaine at uh, Nationals in Calgary when he was hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, like, pretty loose. Like, he says he can get it on in, like, five minutes. He just, mm. like, slides up. He says he gets all of his, like, pop, basically, from knee wraps. Really? So, so he cranks his knee wraps super hard, but his suit is just, like, average tightness. Wow. Yeah, which is crazy that you can get, like, you can squat 500, basically, in knee wraps. Like, that's... Yeah. For, for people that don't know, it's 500 kilos, not 500 pounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, let's go into your world's recap. So you competed um, equipped bench only and raw bench only in Tokyo um, yeah. a couple weeks ago. How, you know, 
you touched on it a little bit earlier, but let's go into a little bit more depth with how how things went, how the like the travel was, and everything like that. Okay, sounds good. We'll start with uh, I guess raw because that was the the first portion of the the meet. So I, like, I flew in two or three days earlier. Uh, the jet lag surprised me. Like I was sleeping at like three in the afternoon, then I'd wake up at like one, and I just couldn't fall asleep. So I'd be up from like one to like five in the morning, just doing emails and checking on the internet and then trying to fall back asleep. So that took me like probably until the Wednesday to kind of acclimate. Uh, the hotel was pretty isolated. So there was no restaurants and stuff. It was like right by the airport. So it wasn't in the, it wasn't in Tokyo. So it wasn't a lot of options for food. So I just ate a lot of like their like Seven Eleven kind of quickie mart food. <laughs> what, was was all right, but I was just hemorrhaging body weight. Like I trained at uh, one twenty two for like my entire like train cycle, and by the time I stepped on the platform, I was one eighteen. Wow! So I like, well, yeah, I lost like six seven pounds in three days, which like like sucked. So, but um, yeah. So then Tuesday, I weigh in on a classic bench, and I weigh in like yeah, like one eighteen, which is a lot lighter than I've been uh, training for. Uh, but I was feeling pretty good. Uh, so we started up with the warm-ups. I knew going in that I was seated for seated second for noms, but I knew that that was probably going to be, like, a big difference. Um, so the warm-ups went fine. Like, hit my last warm-up of 215, and that moved pretty much like it normally does. So we opened up with 225. That moved pretty well. Like, the pauses were really nice. They weren't, like, super aggressive or, like any issues like that um and then we decided to go up 10 kilos to uh, 235 uh, a lot of the competitors that were kind of close to me they went 232 so i kind of put myself in a position that if i get my second attempt i will be uh positioned for third uh on second so then they would have to kind of make a bigger jump to kind of catch me um 235 like really well probably faster than it's ever ever moved so I was feeling pretty good after that. Uh, and then third attempt, we initially put in 240 uh, just to kind of see where the field was. There was someone in fourth place, uh, Nick Geddes from the U.S. Uh, he was pretty much my direct competition. Uh, he put in 240 as well, but he weighs 113 kilos. So uh, if, he was, if he would get it, then he would push me out of bronze. And I've been following him on Instagram for the last, like, two or three months during – uh, the prep, and I, I was pretty much 95% certain he was going to hit 240, so I was like, I had to go 242 because um, my lot number was lower, so I would have, if I kept 240, I would have done it before him, and then I would have had no time to, to change because he could just match 240 and beat me on body weight, so we had to go up to 242, which is something I was kind of planning. That I think that was pretty much going to be my top end. I didn't think I was going to have to bench it, but we put it on, uh, so he goes right before me, and he, he gets 240 and moves pretty well. Uh, so when I did 242, uh, it, it, it felt really good in the hands. Like, the handoff was, was perfect, felt pretty secure, and then uh, got the press command, pressed it. It moved like it moved like an RP10 for me. Like, f for me, lockout's never an issue just because of – the years of single ply training I've done for since I was like a child basically. So like my lockouts, like 
never going to give me an issue. It's just that first inch off the chest where I know that it's either going to like come up or I'm going to get stapled kind of thing. Yeah. So it came up, my sticking point, pushed it, got three whites. So I was pretty stoked about that. And then that bench uh, basically just secured me bronze because the guy after me, uh, he uh, basically, well, he missed. And then the, then the other two guys ahead of me wore, um, were too far ahead. They were doing 245 or 247 for gold and silver. But it's, it was cool to see that like, I'm only five kilos away from paper gold. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, the one surprise was the Swedish guy that got second. He was a 105. So he used his 105 nom for the 120. So yeah, he fucking snaked me. And like, cause he was in 10th place. So I wasn't even looking at him. And then he shows up and like benches 245. And I was like, damn. Because I was expected that 242 to give me like a silver, but no, he uh, surprised everyone and uh, snuck in there. But Smart guy, eh? Yeah. Hats off to him. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> but, no so that, that was good. Like, that was pretty much the best result. I was able to take John Giffen's uh, bench-only record that he's held for, like, five years, so it was cool to kind of dethrone him as well. <laughs> You're just taking out the old guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just took me that. Uh, yeah, so that was sweet. And then, like... A couple of days later, I was did some coaching for some of my athletes that uh, everyone did pretty well. Had a couple, yeah, had one in classic and then uh, two in equipped, which was sweet. Um, then I did equipped. So equipped, I weighed in even a little bit lighter, which I knew already was like going to be a big issue. So I tried to eat a bunch of like chips and <laughs> Japanese goodies and sugar, well, like like pop and all that but killing I, I was kind of it was sorry just killing the sushi yeah exactly <laughs> just trying to get fat again so that kind of kind of worked but it was more of a bloat in my stomach so it really doesn't help too much of my shirt position um so like again i just opened up with 295 something i've done like pretty consistently i wanted to get a an easy opener in warm-ups move pretty well like again my warm-ups are kind of hard to tell because they always feel like shit until yeah. my second attempt like on the platform when like the shirt's finally kind of in its groove so i just you know went as is we got put 295 on the bar it moved pretty well and then like basically my goal going into equipped were uh, bench worlds was i just want to swing for the fences and try for like a, a medal so i had to basically put on 345 to to try for the bronze, uh, a couple like the Norwegian and Mongolian both put in heavier attempts than that. But I watched their last warmups and they were like, they looked like trash. They were going to bomb, and then sure enough, both of them bombed. So we put in three forty-five. I like cranked my shirt way too much that I've ever done before. So when I tried to to bring the bar down to touch, I ended up kind of like losing a little bit of tension and then it kind of fell on my chest and touched a little too low. So then when I got the start command, it just kind of slingshot it towards my face and then I just dumped into the safeties. So good thing the spotters were <laughs> aware in the safety set because that's super important in a quick bench. Yeah. Your safety's got to be bad because you you're going to eat a bench. <laughs> <laughs> you will so, fucking die. Yeah, basically. So, uh, we, you know, I missed the attempt, 
went out, went backstage, and I, my bicep tendon was kind of a little aggravated for that from that one. But we had to go 350 to to make it now because the U.S. guy uh, he hit his opener 350, and I way lighter than him. So just like, wow, well, what's another five kilos? Like it doesn't matter now. So fucking toss it on. Uh, <laughs> that time we didn't torque it as much. Uh, not like the on rack felt really good. The touch felt good, but I got to about like two board and then I just didn't get it. Like I was just not strong enough. My shirt's probably not tight enough to like handle that, that push out of the transition. So I missed that one, but so I went one for nine. I placed like, I don't know, like ninth or something, which doesn't really bother me. Uh, I wanted to try, like if I just played conservative and like went for a chip PR, I would have ended up in fourth, but mm. if everything worked out, but like, whatever. You don't fly I want to for fourth, fuck. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, <laughs> no. That's why I, I'm not too bummed out, but my bicep tendon is all screwed up now, so I haven't, like, lifted in, well, I haven't lifted since Worlds, so really? I'm trying to, yeah, get that healed up before I start training again. Just, just tendonitis, or? Uh, I think I, like, sprained it, so I think there's, like, micro tears and stuff again. Like, I can't put my hand over my uh, shoulder or my arm over my shoulder without pain so wow. I, I've had this like happen once a year just because I think the way my technique and my muscle development and just kind of over the years my uh, my bicep tendon it's always it's it's in contact with my shoulder and it kind of rubs in the wrong way so over time it heals then I train hard again and then it kind of wears out again then it gets sore and potentially sprain it, and then take a rest and a heal. So just the same cycle that I'm sure 90% of powers have with some of their nagging injuries. Yeah. So what it is. So I'm just kind of hanging out right now. <laughs> right on. So uh, that's pretty sick, though, man. You you medaled at Worlds, and you know that's pretty solid. Are you uh, are, yeah. are you planning on going to uh, next year's Bench Worlds in Prague? Uh, I would like to. Like, I, I would like to focus more on uh, raw even more because if I'm only five kills away from like uh, a gold medal, I feel like I have a much better shot at potentially being uh, like a world champion in that division. Like the, the gold medal for equipped is 365, so 805, which is like, no, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, I, I did get a new custom shirt. Um, from my sponsor Titan, so I'm hoping that that comes in the next couple weeks, and I can kind of play with that. That one's uh, a half size smaller in my sleeves and my uh, chest plate, so I feel like if I can get that to work, I, could, I should get enough pop to push me to maybe a 350 bench, which I could end up sneaking in for bronze. But we'll see. Like it's much much easier to said than done when it comes to that those kind of loads, but. No, I, I want to go to Bench Worlds again, especially with my knee. Like, since I haven't lifted three lifts in two years, I got to requalify for Worlds, so I got to do at least a local meet before uh, Nationals this year to be able to to compete at Nationals and then hopefully win Nationals. But 120 Open is getting pretty competitive in Nationals, and like Bryce is potentially um, moving up to to 120 if that's the case and like um, yeah <laughs> we're all screwed <laughs> oh, fucked. yeah yeah <laughs> i want to uh Sorry. yeah i want to uh i'm really excited to when i get in the open and 
it's gonna be really stacked. I think it's gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's unreal. I was super bummed out that I was just coaching for one twenties this year because, like, we haven't had like, equipped have hasn't had a class that's been this competitive in so long. So it'd be really cool to be a part of it. Like, I don't mind. I would happily place fourth at nationals if I could like actually you know have to play the game and not just walk on. Okay, here's your token medal. Like you're a national champion now. Yeah. So I, I'd much rather lose than get a token medal. So. Yeah. Hoping I can kind of get back to nationals and play the game with uh, all those big boys. It's, yeah, it's, it's really cool that like there's this like little pocket of uh, of equipped guys in Canada. Like there's, you know, Cam uh, came up from 105, so he's going to be there now. Uh, Garrett, yeah. um, really strong guy, and then there's yeah. Jason Dick. And yeah. if you come back, you. And then in a couple years, I'll be there. And then yeah. if Bryce comes, there'll be another one. And yeah. then there's another guy who was who bombed out at nationals. Do you know who that is? Uh, Ross. Yeah, he needs to be a strong Ashburn. guy. Yeah. There's like seven guys, and it's like it's gonna be a dogfight. It's gonna be awesome, man. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I hope I can kind of get my shit together and be able to do it again. This is nothing nothing finer than competing with like your buddies too, especially with like Cam and uh, Garrett. Been like chatting with them lately, so it's fun to to kind of compete with people you know so you have a little more uh you know reason to, to push or you can kind of shoot the shit too when you're in state in the stage area you're not too like kind of like blinders on kind of thing yeah for sure so how do you uh leading into my next question here how do you what's the best way to balance like raw and equipped training um for you do you think I guess it's it's kind of tougher for me. Like basically, uh, I'm super high maintenance when it comes to bench, and so I need like three or four people at the gym to be around to like help give me handoffs and spot. So I basically program myself as a raw lifter, and then if I'm at the gym and like uh, my my wife has time because my wife is the one that kind of gets me in and out of my shirt. So if she has time and there's enough spotters, then I'll like grab my shirt and then do a quick session. But uh, ideally, like if I had like if I had it my way where I could like kind of program specifically for an equipped and a raw actual true blend, I would be in my shirt once a week. So if I'm really far in a competition, I would do one board stuff until I'm like eight weeks out. Then I would do just nothing but touches. I find with like the heavier weight. And the tighter your shirt, uh, the less rep work has any applicability. Like you really need to just master that one single rep, keeping like all of your technique to where it needs to be. Uh, when you do like sets of three or five in a shirt, all you're doing is just shifting the shirt, and you're probably not going to touch with with a weight that you can like triple uh, in a shirt. So you kind of lose a lot of the technique because the hardest part of the shirt is the last two inches to touch. So if you can get really good at boards, like that, that's great. And it looks cool for Instagram and stuff, but like it, it, it doesn't matter in the long run. Cause if you can't touch it with that, like perfect, that perfect technique for you, then it's, it's not going to really carry over to much. Sure. So like basically I would be in my shirt like once a week. And I, I, I always, my goal usually is always just to touch. 
just to try and get some touches. Is that the same thing with the squat suit too, is being in once a week and then uh, getting hitting depth? or? Uh, squat suit is, uh, if I'm doing a, like a, a squat cycle, it would be more like a doubles, triples, straps up, I think is, is very doable and very productive there. Um, and then I would just do back off sets of just in knee wraps. Okay. I mainly for just like time wise. And for me and some of my athletes, when we do straps up, sometimes I feel like it hinges your back in a, a different position. So you're having the support from your hips, but you're not having the support from the straps to keep your upper back set. So it kind of changes the, the, the dynamic of that rep. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to get people in like a different groove or kind of mess up their technique because they have to change it to make the straps down work for the reps. So basically just knee wraps or straps up work and you'd still Knee wraps, you do like sets of four to six, and uh, straps up, yeah, like singles to triples are, are definitely really productive. Cool. That's uh, that's good insight, man. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all the questions I've got. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. I'm just looking forward to worlds and hanging out with you, and we're uh, we're not roommates now they're roomies yeah <laughs> so uh hopefully, it's gonna be fun. hopefully i can learn a little bit from you and and uh yeah it'd be cool so what uh for worlds did you get my email for uh that email i wasn't sure if you got it or not yeah yeah like uh, abby's gonna be coming and then i got your uh, intake form too you got the intake form okay cool yeah sweet well uh yeah that's pretty much all i got for you um, do you have any, uh, any other thing you want to talk about? No, I think we, uh, uh, talked about a lot of things here and leave it on a good note. Sweet. Uh, you're, you've got your coaching business. Where can people find you and contact you for coaching and stuff like that? Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram at smartlifts. Uh, I have a Facebook, uh, page smartlifts. Uh, my website's horrible, so don't worry about that. <laughs> Uh, thanks for having me this was fun uh, and yeah I guess we'll see you in a couple weeks here yeah we'll see you in Regina man I think we're yeah 10-12 weeks out something like that yeah getting close wicked man well uh, thanks for coming on I really appreciate it and uh, I'm looking forward to hanging out sweet thanks Billy alright man we'll talk to you later okay bye bye now alright that was Shane Martin he's uh he's an absolute monster he's a uh, you know, Canada's biggest bencher of all time. So really good to talk to him and I'm looking forward to being coached by him at Worlds. So next week, I think we're going to have my buddy, my best friend, my brother, Ben Mole. He just got off a bodybuilding show. Uh, I know it's not typical power chat uh, um, style because we're a powerlifting podcast, but uh, he's a good friend of mine. He's from town and uh, he just won his whole class in his bodybuilding show. So he's a beast and he's uh, he's got some good insights on training, philosophy and all that kind of stuff. So looking forward to talking to him and uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. And as usual, stay strong.